Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave with Michael Davis and Ryan Frick to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast. We're a part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by Fans First Sports Network, the same place that brings you Believe in Panthers with former Panthers running back Jonathan Stewart. That brings you Embrace Debate. That brings you Inside the Vault. And now you're allowed to enter the Cat Cave with us on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm with my guy, Bully Rye. How are you doing, my man? I'm good, man. Listen, we're like less than two weeks away from, from football I mean, college football week zero is this week. Uh, it's it's that time of year. If we could just get out of this heat, we'll be good to go. This this heat has got to get out of here. Um, but I'm I'm super excited for football season, man. We're almost there. Almost there. We're so close. I mean, we've had some preseason games, but man, I, I'm telling you, man, I talked about this with Esteban on another podcast I do. It's like from mid-February to mid-August. You're like you have basketball, you have hockey, you have baseball, but it's just struggle. And then when you get mid-August to mid-February, you're just loving life. I don't know if you would give in the XFL a try. The XFL was really entertaining football, extremely entertaining football, if you will. But, but uh, that's neither here nor there. there listen, it was better than the like USFL. The I, listen, I'm with you, but the XFL was more entertaining than than any of the preseason games have been. And it's been more entertaining than anything the USFL put out for the entire season. The XFL was fantastic. So I'd, I'd argue about 10 weeks after the, the NFL season is when I start to get really antsy for, for the NFL again. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Regardless. You did enjoy Did we, Whoever won that XFL Fantasy League? Oh, my buddy Aaron won it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Aaron Thompson of Carolina Business Equipment. Another free plug for him. Yeah, okay. it's... uh. Yeah, we we finished one and two. Aaron won, me too. Um, I don't want to talk about it because uh, my guy sort of 
took a dive there at the end of the season. So, well, hopefully the Panthers don't take a dive at the end of this season, but it's still the preseason right now. And we, we've mentioned on the show, the Panthers went through a lot of changes this off season. They basically revamped their entire offense and they've been getting the starters some playing time in preseason. Well, right now it looks like the Panthers do plan to play their starters in the preseason finale this week. Uh, they played the Giants uh, week two. They lost that, even though the score doesn't matter. 21-19. They play the Lions this Friday night in Carolina um, and plan to play their starters to fine-tune this offense. Ryan, we've seen it happen in preseason where some key guys get hurt before the season even starts. Do you think it's wise to play guys that you are pretty sure going to be on this 53-man roster this week against a team that you're also fond of, the Detroit Lions? Uh, it's necessary at this point. I mean, you got a rookie quarterback. You you have an entire new-look offense, uh, with the exception of a couple of the receivers that were on the squad last year. You need to have reps, real-time reps, to get ready for the regular season. And the offense, despite the fact that they put 19 points up against the Giants late in that game, the offense hasn't looked good. You, you know, you mentioned, well, you know, what if somebody gets hurt in the preseason? Well, they're going to get hurt in week one if they don't get hurt in week three of the preseason. Like, if somebody's going to get hurt, they're going to get hurt. It doesn't matter if it's a preseason game, regular season game. And sure, you're going to be upset if you lose a, a, a key guy in the preseason finale, but you're going to be that upset if he gets hurt in week one. The bottom line is you got a rookie quarterback who has not been able to get any sort of um, any semblance of consistency when it comes to this offense. He has, I mean, he's what he's thrown what twelve passes in two preseason games. He, I don't think he's gotten past the fifty on on either drive that he's been the quarterback for you could argue maybe maybe a guy like Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen doesn't need to be, you know, lining up, but the rest of these guys, they need every rep they can get. I mean, there's still guys that are that are vying for roster spots, guy, guys that are still vying for starting spots on this roster. So do I think they need to play a full game? No. That's that's when it, from a fatigue standpoint, I think that's dumb. But play a full half. And if you haven't gotten anything full going, half? keep them on the field. Yes. A play full a full half. A full half, yes. Of a and game that doesn't matter. Listen, if you play a half of football with your starters in the preseason and you can't find the end zone, then there's there's bigger issues at hand. If you play a half of football and you don't get in the end zone with a Bryce Young-led drive, then they need more reps and keep them in the game. I mean, you can you can you can make the face all you want if you're listening and you're and you're you're thinking about wow, this guy's an idiot. Like by all means. Come at me, bro. Like, come come find me. But the fact of the matter is that you cannot build consistency. You cannot build some sense of, of development with this offense without having him on the field. So you'd rather them only play like a, another two or three drives and then come in week one with absolutely no momentum going for this offense? You got to get them going. And this is the time to get them going with a backup defense playing in Detroit in week three of the preseason, their last preseason game before they have to start making roster cuts and deciding who's going to be what for this, for this roster. Um, you got to play. And if I'm the Panthers, I'm playing my starters for an entire half 
unless they can show that they can get this offense going in less time. Or if they can't get the offense going and they don't find the end zone with Bryce Young, then they need to keep him in the game until he finds the end zone, period. Ryan, you're that type of manager and eight to five job. If the job's not done at 459, you'd make a stay till like 730, eight o'clock. Why wasn't it done? done? Why wasn't it oh, done? You had you had eight man. hours to do it. Why wasn't it done? What <laughs> kept you from doing it? Because that's another conversation we need to have. Wow. If you had eight hours to get the job done, like maybe maybe something came up and that's understandable. But you've had three weeks to get this offense figured out. And they don't have it down. So why haven't why haven't they been able to get it down? Because they haven't gotten real time reps in a real time game. Anything that 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 was any any sort of meaningful. And you could still argue that preseason week three is is not meaningful. That's fine. But when you've got a rookie quarterback who needs to feel comfortable in that offense, who needs to get used to playing behind him on offensive line, that's, that's going to make him uneasy. Uh, so you're going let, to let's talk about this because. If the whole starting offense is playing, maybe not Miles Sanders, maybe not Adam Thielen, and you feel good about those guys, you put Bryce Young out there, okay? A lot of jokes have been made about his stature. I don't think that's a concern personally, but playing devil's advocate, you put him out there, and let's say, you know, he has a bad sack, somebody blows by Akeem Aquanu, and now your number one overall pick that you trade up for is now down six weeks with a collarbone injury. Okay. Or even worse, we talk about how bad this offensive line's been. Your best offensive lineman, Ikimikwanu, pulls a hamstring or turns an ankle, and he's out the first four weeks. And, okay. And, like, that's an issue because then you go is. for the first month of the season without two key guys on your offense. If these when, guys are going to get hurt in the preseason, then then what do you think is going to happen to do when they when what do you think is going to happen to them when they're playing starters in week 1? If they're going to get hurt in week 3 against a bunch of backups, what do you think is going to happen to them against starters in week 1? It doesn't make a difference. You've got does. to build some consistency. Listen, again, I understand the argument. And the argument the argument's dumb. These guys back back in the eighties and nineties, they were doing two a day practices. And and now, granted, it was a, it wasn't as hot back then. Global warming, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the two a day practices, you didn't see guys dropping left and right in the eighties and nineties. You didn't worry about oh, is 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 your is your starting left tackle going to get hurt playing playing four drives in a preseason game? No, nobody thought, nobody cared because the guys didn't get hurt as much as they do now. And so if you're playing not if you're playing football and your objective is to stay healthy and not get hurt, then you need to go home. Because getting hurt is a part of football. Nobody plays an entire season of football at 100%. And if you think that somebody's going to get hurt in week 3 of the preseason, so let's go ahead and save them until week till week 1 of the regular season, it's what's a, what's a week what's a week difference going to make? If Bryce Young is going to get hit hard, by a backup defensive lineman in Detroit to make him miss six weeks. What do you think is going to happen when he plays the starters for who is it? The Falcons, whoever they play. I think it's the Falcons. They play in week one. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to happen when a starting defensive end comes barreling down and hits him with a blindside sack? It's no difference. You're saving a week. You, if, if he gets hurt in the first quarter of the first game, well, that's a good thing. He didn't get hurt in week three of the preseason. Cause we got to see all of, Another four snaps out of them? No. Come on. You got to get the ball rolling, and you don't get an offense going without the reps. And with without the preseason, you don't get the reps. 
this is the last week of the preseason has always been the dress rehearsal for the regular season. It is no different just because they get a preseason game taken away. It is no different. Player starters. If your offense gets moving, finally, after three weeks, and your offense gets moving, you find the end zone a couple times, pull your starters. If you get halftime and you're losing 17 to nothing, your starters come out in the third quarter and they're playing. Sorry. It's, again, what, what confidence do you have in the Carolina Panthers if they can't get their starting offense rolling down the field and on the opposite side of the 50 in the preseason? Now, again, I get it. Preseason doesn't mean anything. But I'll tell you what, I'd be much more confident with a, with a, a Baltimore Ravens team who, who went, what, seven years, eight years undefeated in the preseason. I bet Ravens fans weren't worried about the regular season. I bet the Washington the Washington Commanders, after knocking off the Ravens with a, with a, uh, a last-minute field goal in, in Monday night's game, I bet they feel a little bit better going into their, their final week of the preseason. They're, they're, now, granted, maybe it it's was, false confidence, but they're going to feel better about themselves. They were able to move the ball. It is false confidence because they ended up coming back and winning with okay. their third okay. stringers who won't play. So okay, so so then there, there's a prime example. If it's false confidence, the offense was able to go in, go out again. There was there's somebody that went on on in an interview and said, "Who cares? It's preseason. That's fine." But do you not think winning a game in the preseason matters to some of these players, especially the guys who were trying to make the roster? It matters to it the ma- people that aren't us. It matters to the people who are trying to make the roster. I have. Full confidence that Bryce Young has a spot week one. Of course he does. That Akeem Aquanu has a spot week one. Jonathan oh, Mingo. They have DJ spots, Chark. but if they if they have spots and they look like trash, okay, great, good, good job. You got a roster spot. Enjoy getting enjoy starting the season zero and five. Enjoy enjoy getting hurt week one of the regular season instead of week three of the preseason because that's what we're playing for. We're playing for you not not to not to get get experience and to to get comfortable. And to learn what it's like to play extended snaps in an NFL game, yeah, that's fine. Well, it's okay if you get hurt week one of the regular season. We just don't want you getting hurt week three. Come on, miss me with that nonsense. He's got yeah. to play. The <laughs> offense has to get reps to get consistent. Because right now, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, and again, I made this argument two weeks ago that the Owen sixteen Lions went four zero in the preseason. I get it, but if you're going in the preseason and you're looking like hot garbage with a new offense, a new coaching staff, all new players on your offense, you, you you got to get experience. you got to get those reps. They've got to play. And they've got to play extended snaps. Again, unless they finally figure out how to put it together in the first quarter to, to quarter and a half, and they're, they're able to find the end zone or score some points with the starting unit, then you can pull them. Until then, nope. You got to go out there and prove to me that you can manage a game. You got to prove to me that you can move the football with consistency. You got to play. Sorry, that's just the way well, it is. To be devil's advocate before we move on, like Frank Wright's not even using his full playbook right now. Like how how do, how do you expect, you know, the starters to go out and, you know, look like a starting team like they will week one to give you confidence if the coaching staff is even holding back their plays? Execute the plays that he gives you. And they're not doing that. Ex- okay, he's not giving us the full playbook. Who cares? Execute the plays that he gives you because right now they're not doing it. Oh, we're going to give you five five plays that you can run in the preseason. 
We've got a, we got a playbook of 25, 30 plays, whatever, whatever. We're going to give you five to run in the preseason. If you can't execute those five plays in the preseason, what makes you think they're going to execute any of the rest of the playbook? I don't care that he's holding plays back. But if you can't execute the limited playbook that he gives you in the preseason, I have no confidence you're going to be able to move the ball in the regular season with, with an extended playbook. Period. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Because I'm not. Uh, you're, you're, it's not, <laughs> not like wrong. it's a right or wrong. Like this It's always a right or wrong, and I'm right. No, this, this is a debate that people have whether you should play your stars in the preseason, how late should you play them, how much should you play them. Um, Carolina's situation is a little different than other teams that are around the league I'm gonna, because they've completely revamped their offense. We have. I'm going to cut you off for one record. second. You know, you know what I'm saying is right when Aaron Rodgers is playing a preseason game for the first time in like five years. Aaron Rodgers wants to go get reps with the New York Jets. That should tell you every a guy that that is that would rather be doing mushrooms and other psychedelics in the in the off season. Um, who wants to legalize psychedelics in the NFL so that you don't have to worry about popping positive on drug tests and whatnot. If that guy's willing to play week three of the preseason, the Panthers can go play significant time in the lap in the, in the season, preseason finale. Sorry. It's, if there is a right or wrong. Do you know who I am? My name is Bully Rye and I'm not wrong about anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm doubling, yeah, I'm yeah. doubling down on this gimmick at this point. Do you well, know who I am? <laughs> A lot, some people will understand our efforts. I got that reference. Yeah. Um, but preseasons also matters in terms of the other roster spots, like who's going to get a spot on the roster. And one of those we've had a question about is Matt Corral. Uh, there's been questions how well he's done in the preseason. Uh, he's currently slated to be the third string quarterback behind Bryce Young, behind Andy Dalton. There was a lot of promise when he was selected. Uh, but now there's questions. Could the Panthers trade him to a team that might lose a quarterback uh, midseason? Do the Panthers even keep him right now, or do they cut him all together? Um, based on what you've seen so far through two or three preseason games and knowing what the Panthers have on their roster right now, are you wanting to keep Matt Corral as a Carolina Panther? That's not really a fair question because I just, I just went on like a 15-minute rant about how Bryce Young can't get the offense going. So if Bryce Young, the number one pick in the draft, the savior of Carolina Panthers football, if he can't get the ball moving on offense, I don't expect Matt Corral to do it, okay? Now, I don't think anybody's going to trade for Matt Corral. I don't think anybody's desperate enough to trade for who would be a third-string quarterback for the Panthers. Now, I believe the 49ers lobbied to get a third quarterback added to the roster for game days because of what they went through last season when, you know, you lose your three starting quarterbacks, your backup quarterback comes in and gets hurt. So now you've got Brock Purdy with one arm trying to finish out an NFC championship game. So I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know the rules about having a third string on the third string quarterback on the roster, but if they're only going to keep two, my suggestion for the Panthers is that they cut Matt Corral and sign him to the practice squad. There's no limitations on who's on the practice squad. And if somebody really likes Matt Corral's promise and, and likes the prospect of Matt Corral, they'll sign him off the Panthers practice squad if that's what they really want to do. But I think we all, unfortunately, this is a conversation we didn't want to have uh, coming into the, this, this season when we, when the Panthers went out and signed Andy Dalton after they drafted Bryce Young, we all, we all sort of saw the writing on the wall for Matt Corral. And as a guy who doesn't like Lane Kiffin, 
uh, a guy who saw Matt Corral beat the ever-loving crap out of my my Gamecocks uh, down in in Mississippi. Um, I still have to say that I like Matt Corral. I think he has great arm talent. Um, I, I think that he can he can throw the long ball. He can he can hit certain receivers. But when you when you're running for your life behind a really bad offensive line, you can be Bryce Young. You can be Matt Corral. You're not going to look great. And so I think if if I'm the Carolina Panthers especially in the instance that Bryce Young gets hurt or the instance that Andy Dalton pulls up lame in, in, in a practice and all of a sudden now you need a backup quarterback, there's no reason to outright just get rid of Matt Corral. You find a way to keep him with the team, whether it's practice squad or cutting somebody else to make room for that third quarterback and continue to develop Matt Corral. Because unfortunately, Matt Corral is never going to take the job from Bryce Young unless Bryce Young gets hurt or up and retires. Matt Corral is not going to be a starter for the Carolina Panthers ever. So if the Panthers want to keep him as a backup, they need to do what they have to do, but releasing him isn't the answer. If there's another team that's interested in going and signing him, get him off the Panthers practice squad. Uh, there's no point releasing him until his contract is up, and then then he can go sign wherever he wants and, and be a backup to a third stringer somewhere else. I mean, I think that's pretty fair. I don't have any argument or debate. I know. Again, do you know who I am, Michael Davis? <laughs> do you know who I am? I'm bully Rye, and all I do is make good points. That's what I do. I mean, and that's that's a good point. Like, we saw the writing on the wall with Matt Corral. Uh, he, he wasn't going to be the guy. Once they went up and traded for their guy, Bryce Young. They didn't the trade most, for their guy, Bully Rye. They tried the most, to trade for Bryce Young. The most unfortunate situation for Matt Corral is that he got in the he got hurt before the season started last year because you and I both know he didn't have a chance he, that had he gotten had he not gotten hurt Matt Corral would have started for the Carolina Panthers at some point last year and we really could have seen what he could have done with it now albeit with a different coaching staff but that was the unfortunate realization for Matt Corral is that he had this opportunity but he couldn't take advantage of it because he himself wasn't healthy. So, and now you get to see the guy that beat him out for the job uh, be named the starter of a, a division rival as Baker Mayfield was announced the starter for Tampa Bay earlier this week. So at least there's one good thing that Panthers can, can look forward to is picking off Baker Mayfield six times this season, three, three times a game. So, I was about to say Tampa might have just named him the star so they can go and draft Caleb Williams number one overall in the spring. You never know if Baker Mayfield gets hurt, Kyle Trask comes out and starts balling out, which I don't see happening either. Um, but you know, you listen, if I'm the coaching staff of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's there's no brainer. You, you know what you get with Baker Mayfield. You hope that he can tame down the turnovers. Uh try to say that five times fast. But um, but again, uh, at least at least Matt Corral doesn't have to endure that again. You know, right. So well, Matt Corral, we'll see how he performs. Preseason game three against the Lions. We'll see how much time he has as opposed to Bryce Young, who apparently needs to prove he's a quarterback one. Uh, You're going to run out of course to give these quarterbacks to prove their uh, chance. But what we do need is, yeah, preseason's important, right? But the biggest thing about mid-August, early September, is what we call... Fantasy football. It is that time of the year. Ryan, I was I was trying to count. I think I'm in or I've committed to six leagues already. 
and I've already drafted two. I will. First of all, you drafted too early. Um, second of all, uh, I'll I'll never do more than three leagues. Uh, why one year why I, would I draft so early? I don't know. Why would you draft so early? You drafted too early. Why are you saying too early? You don't draft until the preseason's over with, man. Everybody knows why? that. Why? Because then you get to see who's who's hurt and who's not. Oh, so the, who hurt in, the, in the, the rookie? Preseason? The rookie wide receiver. Does it matter, right? It ma- It does only it matters matter? for fantasy drafts. <laughs> it only matters for fantasy drafts. That's it. But uh, I can't think of his first name. But but Smith and Jigba from Seattle broke his hand, and th- he's having to have surgery this week. So um, so now you you know if you were looking to go maybe snag him late, maybe you snag him later now. But yeah, I'm listen. I don't. A couple years ago, I drafted five leagues, and it was just I was spread too thin. I always told myself I would never do more than two, and now the rule is never do more than three. I've got my main <laughs> league that I do every year. Uh, I've been this league has been going for thirteen years. Uh, that I'm the commissioner of. It's the best league that I run. We do live drafts every year. It's a great time. Uh, my second league is a league that I started last year for my work outside of podcasting. A bunch of us throughout the country, uh, we have a league. And then I just started the Tap House and Touchdowns League this year that you are going to be a part of, hopefully. Um, I'm so it'll be interesting to see some some friends and family of the of the podcast network to come join us uh, to, to see how how terrible you are and how right I am about everything when you go out and draft Dak Prescott in your third round. Um, hey, don't be looking at my cheat sheet. Listen, if you draft Dak Prescott <laughs> in the third round, I will I will thank you immediately for, for winning that league. I, so I talked to somebody who had a, had Justin Tucker get drafted in the sixth round. If you have not, and I'm going to give myself a pre-plug here, if you have never listened to Tap House and Touchdowns, I suggest you go in the archives and find the episode where Banker Bill and I talked about fantasy football strategies. Do not draft a kicker. Before the last round of your draft, don't do it. You can wait late for a defense. And we're going to talk about here in a second. You can probably find some, some, some steals late in the draft. But for the love of all that is holy, please don't draft a kicker until the last round of your draft. It's the worst. Inv- I don't care if you, I don't care if you, if Adam Vinatieri comes out of retirement, you don't draft a kicker before the last round of your draft. It's the biggest mistake you can make. There are so many skill players in the NFL that you can draft. To the point, and the kickers are so interchangeable. Yeah, Justin Tucker can have a week where he's, he kicks two 60-yard field goals. The next week, he's going to get you three points with three extra points. That's it. Right. Kick, kickers are the most interchangeable position in fantasy football. The biggest, biggest, biggest piece of advice I can give you is just don't draft a kicker early, will you? Because everybody's just going to make fun of you for the rest of the year. Like, the, right. the next, every listen, if you draft a kicker, Every single round after that kicker, they're going to ask what kicker you're taking as a backup. You don't want to get just just absolutely just destroyed by your friends. Just don't do it, man. I feel like I should have like a, a backup, a backwards Nike check. Just don't do it. That's just what I wish I had right now. Yeah. <laughs> just don't do it. Put it in the mirror or something. Um, and with that fancy advice that you've given us, the last few minutes we got out of the podcast – um, we want to go through some Panther players to decide their fantasy value. We're going to do this from a PPR perspective. Um, would you care to explain what PPR means to our casual fantasy so viewers? It used it's hard to explain. I mean, it's not hard to explain unless you've never played fantasy football before. In standard scoring, you used to not get what's called points per reception. Uh, it was just general generalized yardage that that players got throughout a game. So if you if you had a receiver that had 65 yards receiving, you got six points, or if you do fractional points, 6.5 points. PPR means points per reception. 
Some leagues do it where you get a half a point per reception. Some most most leagues do it a full point PPR, which basically means if you have a wide receiver, let's say you've got Adam Thielen, and he catches four four he has four receptions for sixty five yards. That's four points. If you do fractional points, sixty five yards, one point one point per yard. That's six point five points plus his four receptions. That's a ten point game for Adam Thielen. So that's when we talk about PPR. That's sort of what we're going for. Is you get a point per every reception that you make in the game. Yes, and so when it comes to these Panthers weapons, I'm going to look at Adam Thielen, DJ Chart, Jonathan Mingo. Do any of these receivers hold value for you in your fantasy league? They hold value, but when you talk about value, and a lot of the fantasy experts will come on and tell you, it's about getting value for your pick. So if you think that Adam Thielen is going to have a great year, fine. Do your research, whether you're drafting via ESPN, CBS, NFL, net, or the NFL.com, or uh, you know any Yahoo, whatever the case is. Generally, there are there are cheat sheets out there that that show what people are generally where people are generally drafting uh, different players in the NFL. Um, you can you, there's there's experts that rank them as well. Uh, you can you can play you can do mock drafts, but you want to get the player as late as you can in order to get the most production. So if you're drafting somebody in the first or second round, or even the third round for that matter, you were expecting these guys to be producing for you every week. No questions asked, no down weeks. These guys are going to help help make make your playoffs in your fantasy league. When we talk about value, we talk about guys like Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. Uh, these guys you don't want to draft too early. There are a lot of other guys that are ranked higher amongst all the experts. If you go and look at their average draft position or ADP, you see where they're generally getting drafted. Now, if you want to reach because you think that they're really, really going to do well for you, you need to look at the players that you're getting, that, that you're not getting in turn for getting the guys that you want to be a homer for the Panthers. Um, I think Adam Thielen's probably a good mid-round pick, somewhere between round eight, round 12. Uh, DJ Shark even later than that. And Mingo, listen, Mingo is a, uh, he's an, he's an enigma, if you will, because you don't know what you're going to get from him. Uh, you've got a lot of balls to go around in this offense if they can get the offense rolling. And, and so you don't want to draft a rookie wide receiver that is not being talked about as being your lead receiver. We're not talking about Jalen Hyatt up in, the, up in New York with the Giants. Uh, we're not talking about Smith and Jigba who just broke his hand for the Seattle Seahawks. That was going to be a big weapon alongside DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Uh, so you don't want to draft him too early. I'm talking late rounds. I told you to draft a kicker in your last round. If Mingo's there, the second to last, third to last round, uh, and you don't need a defense on your team, that might be a good spot to pick him up if he's still available. Uh, and unless, again, you really think that he is going to be a guy that's going to ball out and help win your fantasy league and you want to reach for him, by all means, but just pay attention to the people who are ahead of him who are still available when you take him. And when you talk about not knowing what Jonathan Mingo is going to produce, we don't know what Bryce Young is going to produce. I've seen Bryce Young go early um, in a couple drafts, I think, because of the Panthers' homerism. How early I, are we talking? I, I saw like six round in one of these drafts. I was like, homer alert. Um, I saw another guy drafted him late round like the last round and he already That's has a kicker in defense. I'm glad you mentioned that. Listen, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step right in there. 
if you can get a guy like Bryce Young, it, it, again, if you're playing in a in a dynasty league where you don't redraft every year, Bryce Young's that might be a really talented guy that can have a great uh, sophomore season, uh, maybe maybe third year, fourth year in the league, and you got that guy for next to nothing drafting him late. Uh, if you get him super late, I've got a keeper league where where if you draft somebody past the eleventh round next season, if as long as you don't drop him, you get to keep him as your last round pick for next year. So depending on if your league has keeper rules, yeah, you want to get Bryce Young late. Listen, I'm one of the guys that if you don't get like if you don't get Travis Kelsey at tight end, I'm not worried about tight end till late. I'll get Hayden Hurst in the 13th round, and because I'm, I'm again, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I've said. I've gone on record many times to think that I think Hayden Hurst will be a Pro Bowl tight end this year. I would gladly take Hayden Hurst in the 13th round or later if I don't get Travis Kelsey in the first. Uh, if I don't get a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, a Jalen Hurts, I and, and you know the other guy, once quarterbacks start, start going off the board, everybody's going to panic, and so all those big names are going to come off the board. Fine, keep drafting those skill position players, keep drafting the running backs, the wide receivers. And get a guy like Bryce Young late, even if it's a backup quarterback spot. Stash Bryce Young, get him in the back half of your draft, and in and, and the hopes that he comes out and he balls out. He's a rookie, uh, an offensive rookie of the year candidate. And guess what? Offensive rookie of the year is going to put up some big fantasy points for you. And it, that's going to, we talk about value. Getting a guy who could potentially be offensive rookie of the year in the NFL in the back half of your fantasy draft. They're going to be putting up 20-plus fantasy points a game. That's a really good output for a, for a rookie quarterback. So that's where you want to try to get these guys. Get them late late in the draft unless something weird happens and, and players just start, you know, I know we're running late, uh, and players just start sort of going off the board sort of, sort of you know, finicky. Stick to your, uh, stick to your strategy, and, and, and good luck with, in, in your draft. Has however late or early as it may be, uh, since Michael's already drafted two leagues, like a like the schmuck he is. I got two leagues down, four more to go. Um, you mentioned we were up against it. Um, you gotta go follow Bully Rye on Facebook, uh, his Twitter at tapouts and TDs. That doesn't stand for Terrell Davis, that stands for touchdowns. Um, you can find my stuff. Uh, Drop the Mike Wrestling Podcast, Out Pocket with Michael Davis. It's now on at three Fridays. Uh, Boom Broadcasting's Facebook page that does the Stars and Spikes podcast. A lot of stuff. I feel like I've forgotten a couple things. But um, these are the two faces you see everywhere on Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel. Subscribe. Go be their 900th subscriber. And then, of course, exit the Cat Cave until next week. Listen to more content by myself and Ryan on that Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and more Carolina-centric podcasts on the Keep Pine Podcast Network powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Everybody, best of luck in your fantasy leagues.